You are listening to the FCF Leadership Podcast. This podcast has been created to help you connect and achieve your destiny as a leader. For more information, visit our website at fcf.org. You talked about people who have flame out. Oh, yeah, yeah, the triggers. Yeah, triggers. What does that look like? And I know a lot of people in recovery hate that word. They hate triggers. They hate that word. Why is that? Um... I guess I've never met anybody that did. Okay, uh, I know some, yeah. uh, quite a few um, recovering drug and alcohol addicts. I would, I would want to dig down on that with okay. them. If that would be its own therapeutic process uh-huh. for them. You they know, try to avoid using that word. I, I would be interested in knowing, mm. because to me there's an energy pocket connected to mm-hmm. that. There is a quote-unquote tra- trauma uh, energy pocket mm-hmm. that, that somehow is, is connected there. Okay. I, would, I would wonder that. Um, but, uh, what, what I would say is anybody who has dissonance, Mm -hmm. anybody who has a gap in who they present themselves to be and who they really are, Mm -hmm. that's where they need to know they're vulnerable. Mm. Okay. And so the assessment begins with, is there something in my life that is off? Is uh, And even when I read the word and I'm talking about my experience, is there a dissonance or a gap there? He says that his joy is mine. Am I living in joy? He says that the peace of God that passes understanding keeps and guards my heart and mind. Is that my experience? If it's not my experience, I have dissonance. I have a gap. Mm. And I need to be asking myself, What's going on there? Mm-hmm. Now, the reason a lot of people don't do that is because they have a shame-based approach yeah. to themselves right. and their relationship with God. Right. So they already think they're a failure right. and they're not enough. And so from that, they're like, I don't want to look at the gaps because the gaps tell me uh, in confirmation of what a loser I am. Right. When in reality, it ought to, the gap ought to show them oh, look, the Holy Spirit wants to take you on a journey right. because you're enough. <laughs> right. He wants to take you into a healthy journey of, mm-hmm. of, of healing. Oh, I so love that. So that whole piece of uh, where are the gaps in your life, um, is there something that you know that uh, secretly is swirling on the inside? And it is the megaphone mm-hmm. that Blaine talked about. It is the high energy thing that is unmanageable. So what are the unmanageables in your life? Mm. If there's something that you cannot manage well, um, and when an event happens, whether somebody says a thing, so, you know, as pastor, somebody leaves your church, somebody uh, says something that's unjust or unfair of you, and what emotional impact does that have on you? And are you able to reset to healthy, normal? And if you're not then you need to address that. That will be where the enemy creates his greatest destruction in your life. Right. So, you know, like the, the whole uh, armor of God study in mm-hmm. Ephesians 6. Well, the weapon the enemy uses, the fiery dart, is mm-hmm. actually a combustible uh, arrow. Mm-hmm. That It's a specific weapon that, that was used in Roman battle. And that arrow is combustible so that as soon as it impacts, it goes into a fiery inflammation. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a metaphor of how the enemy works in your life. If you have anything that at a point of a trigger, at a point of an event, it inflames you 
that is the enemy trying to find his weak points in your life to be able to take advantage. Mm. So no, be attuned to your emotions is what I would say. So that was the first question. What would be, what What was was the the second one? one? Uh, Tools. Tools or resources to give people. Yeah. Well, um, I think what you want to do is, is know what's going on on the inside and, and truly, uh, I've got a rough resource that uh, needs to be redone, but it's free and everybody mm-hmm. loves free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if they go to point.info, point.info, mm-hmm. this is our in-house internal website. It's not our front door website mm-hmm. for, for foot traffic, but point.info has some workshops. One of the workshops is called the Science of Freedom. It's a 10 plus hour course with worksheets. And if a person will go through that, they will understand stuff about them that they've never understood of themselves. Well, we are I'm doing <laughs> that, yeah. Seriously. Oh, my God. I can't wait. That is so great. Yeah. We've actually had, I mean, we've got therapists in our church uh, that mm-hmm. are a part of our church. And I just, I love those, that world. I love who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am a major proponent of great therapy. Uh, but we have had people who've gone through our, our course who've said that they have been in years of therapy and the course has actually done for, more for them in understanding mm-hmm. themselves than all the, this is what one person said, all the years of therapy that they've wow. had put together. So That's amazing. That, now that doesn't demean no, no, individual therapy at all, but Mm-mm. yeah, it's, now, it, it'd be good for them. Is there like some kind of online database that you would recommend people research a therapist? Like how does one find a good therapist yeah, in their town? Yeah, how do you find Now a good you guys therapist? are pressing on some bias of me. Well, well that's good. I mean, Let's yeah. hear your bias. Because too. I've gone to a counselor. I've never gone to a therapist. Yeah. And there is a distinct difference between the two. Okay, so, gosh, I'm about to offend some of your listeners, perhaps. I do it every time. So it's, <laughs> it's kind of become easy. a habit. So. When they hear the name Whitney, they're like, oh, great. <laughs> my, my, my first bias is that uh, because a pastor is a pastor does not equip them with all the resources to help per- somebody work through all of, the, of right. the things they need yes. to work through. So the first acknowledgement is that the title pastor does not mean that the anointing on your life transcends all of the skills that a true, healthy, equipped therapist would be able to bring. Mm-hmm. So I do have a distinction there. I also would say that now that I have been embedded, I am not a therapist and I'm not a psychologist. I am a pastor who actually has studied some things. And so I now gone through a certification program in sexual addiction recovery, which makes me a multiple addiction professional as well. So um, I'm not a therapist. Um, The reason that I say that is I meet a lot of colleagues in the therapy world who will tell me that they have expertise in certain areas. But when I question them about their background and the certifications that they have, and even specifically ask some questions, I discover that they cannot be, have an expertise in what they say they have. Mm. So, and, and uh, gosh, I, I got to be honest, there's, there's therapists that I meet that I'm like, you're a strange agent, man. You are a strange agent. And I just don't, I couldn't, I couldn't uh, go and be completely open because, right. I mean, there's, yeah, yeah, because there's, I'm going to need to respect them. Mm-hmm. So when people ask me how to go about finding a therapist, 
I'm telling you what I, I think in my bias, how to go about it. And that is, I first would want to know what is the uh, certifications that they have in dealing with trauma? Mm. Because of the model I just went through mm -hmm. with you, uh, because trauma is fundamental to a human experience mm -hmm. just because of Adam's sin. Mm -hmm. um, I want to know what their background is with trauma recovery. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to look for things like uh, even even though a person's not struggling with sexual addiction, mm -hmm. because it's the most ardent desire mm -hmm. template, it's the most compulsive thing mm -hmm. that a person can do, then uh, if somebody's trained in sexual addiction recovery, they're going to help somebody real well in their anxiety mm -hmm. because you have to deal with the anxiety to overcome addiction. Mm. They're going to be able to help with depression because you have to be able to deal with the depression and the roots behind it to be able to recover mm. from addiction. So I'm going to look for what's called a certification at the end of their name that is C. SAT, CSAT, C is for certification, SAT is sexual addiction therapist. So I'm going to look for that certification. If at the end of that there is a dash and an S, that means they're a supervisor of other people who are certified, mm -hmm. which puts them in a whole other level and says that they have a ton of experience mm -hmm. under it. I'm going to look, and this is going to move into areas that, you know, somebody who knows about, uh, EMDR and brain spotting, they may think that it's weird treatment, but there is enough uh, scientific research behind it, I believe in it deeply, mm -hmm. that uh, if somebody's trained in EMDR, which has to do with biomechanics and how your brain sees movement, and as it does, the limbic brain opens up and you can begin to reprocess traumatic memories. Mm. Brain spotting is an offshoot of EMDR, and so it's all working with the brain. And so if somebody is uh, certified as an EMDR uh, therapist, I'm, I'm, that's going to be another level of confidence. So that's, for me, if somebody's looking for a therapist, those would be the first two. If I'm looking at that, I'm probably going to see hope that I can find somebody who is a Christian, right. who is highly experienced. But I will say that I'm not requiring them to be a Christian. Mm. I'm, I hope that they are. Sure. And I'm, I'm going to be more concerned about how good they are at what they do. Mm -hmm. When I go to a medical doctor, I'm not looking at their theology. Right. right. And so when I go to somebody who's a therapist, I'm not looking at their theology. I want to know how skilled are you at the issues of, of trauma recovery? Mm -hmm. I'll get the spiritual component of that and even the biblical exercises take me where I want to be. I can do that. Mm -hmm. um, so... That's how I would go about telling people to get, you know, involved. And I believe, I, with all my heart, this is, this, is, this is kind of very strong language. Every pastor ought to have a therapist. Mm. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I, think, Every. I mean, I think so. That's so great. One, one, one week, one day. So this mm -hmm. is one day in the life of, of, of Pastor Patrick. Mm -hmm. One day, I'm down at the plaza in Kansas City. And I have uh, several family members who are fighting um, and with me. Mm -hmm. And if one of them leaves, they're all leaving. And they're upset about things that uh, are unfair mm -hmm. and have nothing to do with me. It has to do with their line of trauma that goes for years. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's a, a dysfunctional, a massively dysfunctional thing. Mm -hmm. That's all happening to me. And they're all about to leave. Mm -hmm. I go to a guy's house, independent of that. And he tells me for the first time in his entire life about a scenario where 
his uh, adoptive dad, not adoptive, his stepdad, who his mom marries, they're living in a home and he is abusing, the dad is abusing stepdad, uh, this guy's sister, and he's only, you know, young age. And the dad has taken a gun out and shot a bullet over his head and the bullet hits the wall uh, at, at a point. And one day the birth dad comes driving up while the stepdad has the sister in the bedroom abusing her. And this guy's telling me the story. First time he's ever told it. And he's telling me the story. And, uh, and the stepdad hears the birth dad drive up. So he runs out to try to keep him from coming in the house. The the guy, the son, is is at the screen of his window in his bedroom, and he's pounding the, the window, yelling, trying to get his dad's, birth dad's attention. His birth dad doesn't see it and ends up driving off, and he sits there crying with no power, knowing what's happening to his sister. I drive out of, or I walk out of his apartment when that's done, go sit in my car in a parking garage, and because I was so, you know, trying to be so present, and I just didn't even know how to process that, I'm bawling. I'm mm-hmm. just crying my eyes out. In that moment, as I'm crying, I get a phone call from somebody in our church who just got diagnosed with cancer, and they've got a month to live. Now, tell me what industry... What industry do you live in that you have that kind of stuff happen right. in one day? Right. And so uh, any pastor yeah. needs to have a therapist to help unpack that, mm-hmm. make sense of it, and to be told you're not crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. I mean, like I thought I needed therapy, but I don't have the weight of a church on mm. my shoulders. You know, like I don't have... I can only imagine. And, and that's one of the reasons why we have the continuous education. And that's one of the things that I tell our uh, pastors and leaders all the time is the reason we have the continuous education isn't to add one more thing to your plate, but to help lift you back up Come because on. they're constantly giving and giving yes. and giving. Something and giving. we implemented three years ago. Something if you're going to renew your credentialing with us, you have to complete whatever continuous education we have put in place and it's never anything taxing or burdensome it can be time consuming but uh not excessively and we take that into account and you have a whole year you know to do it and so in our minds we're just practicing what we preach we're just saying we have to set ourselves in a place of continuous improvement and what job in the world doesn't have some kind of continuing education in place for them to maintain certification or whatever it is they need to do to serve the people that they serve, to do the job they do, you know, how much more for us as ministers, if we don't put into place, I am determined. And, you know, and a lot of leaders, they have their routines, they have their systems and they think, but I've done this for 30 years. This is good. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. But can can we just try to go a little step up? Can we just so good. just a half step up? Can we just step outside of our box for a minute yeah. and look? And so we lost people. You know, we lost people. They said we don't want to be a part of that organization anymore. And one guy was like really offended. You know, he was like, "Do you?" And he has a successful ministry. You know, and he's like, "Do you understand what I do? I live in a continuous improvement. Now you want to put this on and tell me what I have to do to make like no, this is a." It's important. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, we believe hi- strongly in that. And this just brings 
an even deeper need. Yes, a greater, but a, a healthier component yeah. to it that helps us uh, look at uh, other ways that we can improve. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this, it's just something I say all the time. I just want to be better. Yep. Come on. You I mean, how can you be a leader and say you don't want to be better? better? Right. Yeah. That, that's what I. That's oxymoronic. You cannot. Yes. Yeah. Because you can't lead others if you're not mm-hmm. leading yourself. No. Yeah. Mm, yep. So this has been wonderful. I love it. I love you guys. Thank we you love for. you. Thank you for letting me spend time with you. You have been listening to the FCF Leadership Podcast, where our focus is to help you achieve your destiny as a leader. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, visit our website at fcf.org.